Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, guys? Brendan Boylan here, host of the Houdat Discussion. You can follow all of my other Saints work with the Saints News Network over at si.com forward slash NFL forward slash saints and a shameless plug if you haven't checked it out yet head over to youtube check out the dancing bulldogs a 16 seeds journey to the ncaa tournament um just really proud of that one and you guys have heard me talk about it a lot so if you haven't checked it out please do uh today we're going to dive into the new orleans saints obviously a bye week and we're going to talk about where they are at through five games of the season should we be impressed or is not enough being talked about with the Saints missing as many players as they have and still putting together a, a above 500 record. We're going to talk all of that. We're going to talk about players coming back from IR, and we're going to bring in a special guest, a guy who's been joining us just about every other week of the season at this point. It's the OG host, Andrew Galata. He's going to join us on the other side of the intro. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Say Powered by Overtime Media. All right, Andrew. Last time we spoke, it was Saints Giants, a team that you're covering this year. And you told me right on the podcast, and man, it bit me in the ass. You said you can't predict blowouts, Brendan. It never works that way. And uh, you were right. I projected the Saints to, to blow the Giants out, and the Giants had other plans. But then the Saints came back, and I felt like they finished off uh, their first five games pretty strong with a win in Washington and another strong performance from Jameis Winston. But with all of that being said, how do you assess the Saints – through five weeks and uh how's everything up there in the meadowlands for you guys oh i mean well i'm doing good i i'll start off i mean this saints team definitely an interesting one i mean the giants a lot less interesting i mean the only winning is against the saints and that kind of weird fashion that game was just i mean the end of that game the giants end up coming back at the end it was funny listening to you know the saints media and the saints fans listen to the giants and the giants fans after that game completely two different areas where you had Saints fans being like, oh, that was our loss. It was on us. We made bad plays. And the Giants are like, oh, this is a great comeback. Daniel Jones played outstanding, wins, um, you know, offensive player of the week. And, uh, you know, from there, the Giants have had two disappointing losses. And the Saints, they bounce back with a with an important win. And that's why I think when you look at these first five games, results, re, results, resiliency, excuse me, has really been the big, big thing, big theme for the Saints. You come in week one after you know the hurricane and being displaced and you come in in Jacksonville you get a huge win against the Packers then you have that letdown in week two where the COVID stuff with the coaches you know and, and that whole issue and you lose that game but then you come back in week three and you get a big win against New England then you lose that game to the Giants where you felt like you should have won uh going back uh in New Orleans and like you know the dome coming in 2021 first game with a packed crowd and a 
quite some time and that's a letdown, but then you have a good win in Washington against the Washington football team. So three and two, a lot of ups and downs, but with all these injuries, I think three and two, if you would have said the Saints were three and two, considering, you know, X player, Y player, Z player got hurt. I think you'd be pretty happy, especially with the way, um, you know, you're coming with a new quarterback and when you're just looking how down the defense has played well, I think areas of concern are coming up, you know, kind of areas of strength, which is nice to see in cornerback linebacker, which is good to see the offense. It's really hard to grade. I mean, I mean, Brendan, I don't know what you think, but I just feel like this offense is extremely hard to grade with the situation that Jameis Winston's been. I think it's been, you know, it's really hard to grade a new quarterback coming into a new system when his number one receiver is, you know, a Deontay Harris or a Marquez Callaway. And that's something against those guys, but it's just hard, you know, to really judge them. And obviously Alvin Kamara has been amazing, but with the offensive line, the way it's been and new quarterback, I mean, to me, you're, you got to be pretty happy at three and two, especially when you're coming out of the bye. You have a team in the Seahawks where it's not going to have Russell Wilson and you're hoping you could win that game. And then maybe you can steal a game there back. Maybe the one you should have won against the Giants you win it uh, in Seattle. So I, I think stuff like that. I mean, this team, I think, is going to be right there in the end looking for a playoff spot, though. I would tend to agree with you um, going all the way back to your first point with how Giants fans reacted, Saints fans reacted. Uh, I said it in the last podcast, so I'll say it again. And I wrote it for Saints News Network is the Saints – should not have lost that game. Uh, they have no excuse for losing that game. Uh, being up 11, having the game in hand, but it was uh, it with was eight concerning. minutes to go, right? It was, it was concerning minutes. that the offense yeah. couldn't couldn't finish the job because in the past it was the opposite. Saints fans over the last 15 years know well, Drew had the game won, but it was the defense that that messed it up. So we're seeing some reverse roles in 2021. But, but I'm right there with you. Um, the defense has been a pleasant surprise uh, for a lot of people. Uh, myself, not so much. Just being around the sports media and, you know, shout out to my colleague and my friend, my guy, John Hendricks, who wrote training camp notes for like three weeks straight. I think it was, I think he got up to like 20, 22, 23 days or something like that where he had 2000 plus words of notes and observations from training camp. And every day it was just how impressive the defense was. So I had a hunch the defense was going to be good. Obviously you had areas of concern at linebacker an area of concern at interior defensive line because on Yamada suspension yeah. uh, had a lot of question marks at defensive back, just because Janoris Jenkins being let go and he played so well for the Saints last year, and you're probably starting a rookie. And Adebo has held his own to the point where the Saints have released uh, Desmond Trufant, who just got picked up by the Raiders today, uh, the day that we're recording Tuesday night. Um, Quan Alexander gets hurt after playing a, a really good first game back against the Packers, yeah. and you're thinking, oh, no. And then Bond has a bad day in Carolina, but Pete Warner stepped up and played really well. I don't think the defensive interior, the defensive line has been anything to write home about, but they haven't been bad. Yeah. Not many people they, talk to them. They've been good enough. So that's a, that's a positive thing too. Uh, but when it comes to the offense, you're absolutely right. When you're without two starters on the offensive line in Eric McCoy, who obviously uh, when you have a new quarterback, one of the most important things is having chemistry with your center. And this is a guy who I know it's been it's been a long time, but I played center once. Uh, played I was a starting center, um, so you know you know that you have to be really comfortable with your quarterback. 
and understanding one, if you're the center, nine times out of 10, you're making the checks and calls to the rest of your offensive line. Uh, but two, you also have to be almost in the same mind of your quarterback. Just so when he makes a check, you make a check um, and vice versa. So not having Eric McCoy uh, has been tough, but I think Cesar Ruiz, at least sliding over, uh, has done a, a pretty good job. Um, and then, you know, having not having Toronto Armstead's hard because I think a lot of people would agree saying Armstead is a top three tackle, at least left tackle in football. So not having him and especially it being self-inflicted doesn't help. Uh, James Hurst is, uh, he is what he is. You know what you're getting. Uh, and they've done a good job of throwing him some help at times, but he stood his own so far. That's hard. That's hard losing two offensive linemen of what a lot of people would say is the best offensive line in football. It becomes even harder when you don't have Michael Thomas, who was the offensive player of the year just two years ago. It becomes even harder when your number two receiver or projected number two receiver, Traquan Smith, who's had an up and down start to his NFL career. But again, I like to point it out. I've probably pointed out every time I talk about Traquan is Outside of Michael Thomas, he has more receiving touchdowns than any other Saints receiver since he was drafted. Uh, and that's even with the ups and downs, and that's even with the injuries. Uh, so it, it might not be consistent, but he has stepped up and made plays. Uh, you even look back at that thriller in the Dome, the Niners and the Saints two years yeah. ago. Who caught the go-ahead touchdown? With under a minute left, yeah. it was Traquan. And it's not that Drew just threw a great ball to him. Traquan caught it across the middle of the field, broke some tackles, and ran in the end zone. I mean, Traquan can be big at times, and I think especially this year with a strong-arm quarterback, I thought Traquan was going to make uh, kind of make that step, take that leap. So not having those guys, that's a lot. And then we can talk about the defense. We can talk about special teams, not having Will Lutz, and we'll get into <laughs> Will Lutz here in a little bit. This has been a kicking carousel. It's like the mid, it's like the mid 2010s all over again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But nonetheless, nonetheless, the Saints were without somewhere between seven and nine potential starters through the first five weeks of the season. I would like to see how other teams would do in the NFL without seven to nine potential starters out. And, and I'd say, man, three and two really should be four and one, just like yeah. we talked about. You, know, you probably should have came away. Actually, like I said earlier, there's no excuse. You should have came away with the win against New York sitting at three and two, potentially four and one, sitting at maybe four and two and winning a game in Seattle, which is a, a super hard place to play. I think, I think the Saints are in good shape. I really do. And, and Seattle, we can talk about that all we want later. I will definitely have a little bit of a preview for you guys with Seattle, but Seattle's missing a bunch. You don't want to really call it a trap game, but the Saints have had extra time. They've had the week off. They've got this healthy. is not a trap game. You're, you're not going to Monday Night Football and, and having yeah. a trap game, I feel. <laughs> so I think I think you're good. You know, this isn't going to be a situation where, at least to me, I don't think it's a situation where the Saints are going to come out flat-footed or anything. Knock on wood, because I don't want to jinx the team. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I'm pretty good at that. But nonetheless, I, I think you have to be overjoyed with where the team is. The one thing that I don't understand is – there's just a lot of people that, at least on Saints Twitter, um, not so much the media, but, but more Saints Twitter, that are just not happy with Jameis Winston. And you, you kind of knew you were going to get some inconsistencies. However, 
at this point in the season, Jameis has set a career high in passer rating, uh, touchdown to interception ratio. He has the highest, I repeat, the highest touchdown percentage of any quarterback in the league. He's just asked to do something a little different uh, and not throw the ball as much, maybe rely on the running game a little bit more. So it can be infuriating when he makes some silly decisions. However, I would assess that Jameis has been exactly what Sean Payton's asked him to be thus far this season. No, I, I, I definitely agree. I think with Winston, I think the biggest thing is, I mean, he's came here and he's basically been what at least I expected. I, like when people said he was going to go for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns, like that was never going to happen. I mean, especially in year one. I mean, has he done enough to come back and maybe get a you know repeat contract with the Saints? I think that's yet to be seen. I think we're only he's only played five games. I think he'll get the chance, uh, barring injury, to play the last I guess now twelve games you know in the season to see what he's got and see what he can do. I think with Michael Thomas, I think then you could really start to evaluate him when he gets Eric McCoy back. I think you know Taron Armstead. Then you can start to evaluate him. I think as a future option, but he's he's held the Saints above water. He, he hasn't made those really tough decisions. I mean those bad decisions, 12 to three um, interception ratio, touchdown interception ratio is solid. Um, that's something that's been good The 12 touchdowns is, you know, obviously very good. I feel like whenever the Saints are in the red zone, they're, they're, they're passing for touchdowns. I don't know why, but it just seems like the way it is they this have year. The, they have the best red zone efficiency on both sides of the football yeah. in terms of offense and defense, which is a winning formula. So like that, and, and, and that's the type of stuff what I wanted to really highlight is Sean Payton and his ability. I think he had a bad, he had a bad coaching game against the giants, but I think a lot of things went wrong in those last eight minutes. It wasn't just Sean Payton. It wasn't just, you know, the defense wasn't just the offense. It was kind of just the perfect storm in that game. And I don't think it would happen again, but besides that, I think he's done a good job coaching and put up good game plans for, you know, to defense to star and the offense to, score the 21 points, the 24 points, the 28 points, enough to win a game. And I think that's what they've done uh, very, very efficiently. So that's obviously very good. And just like, for me, I, I, you, you see Winston in an extra dimension. I'm just curious what he's going to be when, when Michael Thomas comes back. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing. What, where is this team going to be in 10 weeks when we're talking about playoffs? Is this a team that even if it's not a division, uh, division winner, I think it's going to be close between them and the Bucks. I think a lot of it's going to, going to be told on Halloween, I think, when the Bucks and Tom Brady come to the Dome in, in a few weeks, not to look ahead, but I think that's going to be a big yard, you know, really a yardstick game for this team to kind of see where they are, that big measurement game, and, you know, we'll see what they do there, but I'm just interested to see what Winston is 10 games down the line when they're playing meaningful games. Does he add that extra dimension with the deep ball? Everyone was talking about Breeze. Saints weren't winning because Breeze couldn't throw the deep ball. James Winston could throw the deep ball, and we saw it against Washington. I mean, they won that game. The offense scores 20, you know, however many points. And what was it, 28 they scored at Washington? Yeah, so, yeah, I think – I'm pretty sure. I, I'll double-check here. Uh, but, the, you know, they were able to score 33. I'm sorry, 33 points against Washington. They scored 28 against New England because of the deep ball. He has the deep ball to Deontay Harris. It's the Hail Mary to Marcos Callaway. And if you could hit those big plays in the playoffs at the right time, those are what changes games. And I think that's going to be – you know, kind of his evaluation going forward. So it, it, to me, that's kind of the big thing with Winston. And, you know, also I, I do want to highlight Mickey Loomis because he came in here, everyone was worried about the defense. And then he just goes plugs holes with Kwan and then drafts really well. Pete Werner, a lot of people had some some reservations about that pick. And he's been, you know, amazing as a rookie, basically as good as you can ask for. Same with Adebo on the outside. I mean, yes, he's had his struggles, but all in all, he's been a pretty pretty solid number two corner. And when you see Janoris Jenkins on Monday Night Football last night really get attacked by Buffalo, 
that's something that, you know, you're, you're sitting pretty when you're a rookie that's not getting paid a lot of money. And he's basically been as good as Janoris Jenkins, if not a little better. So that's great to see. And then also, you know, you still have Bradley Roby sitting in the wings for depth. I think a game like the Bucks, you'll probably need a Bradley Roby to play. So I think all in all, I mean, you know, you got to give Sean Payton a lot of credit. You give Mickey Loomis a lot of credit. I think you give, you know, the defense, obviously most of the credit, but um, you know, James Winston's kept, you know, kept the ship afloat there on offense. They don't look awful. They don't look like, you know, completely anemic. They're scoring some points. And now with Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, and, you know, I, I think even having Traquan is just a step above what you have. I mean, and the thing I wanted to bring up, think how much this team is missing, like an Emmanuel Sanders, what he would bring to this team right now. I mean, what he's doing in Buffalo, having a great, great year. So I guess that's what I'm kind of thinking with, with this team. I think three and two without first year, without Drew Brees, with Michael Thomas out, with Traquan Smith out, with McCoy out, with, I mean, arms, you go the list, you know, we all know. To them to be sitting at three and two, you know, if I would have told you in 2014 that the first year without Breeze was all these injuries and, you know, all those insinuating circumstances with the hurricane and they'd be three and two, you'd be like, what? So, again, I, I think it's pretty solid coming, coming here and then coming out of the bye. I think there are a lot of winnable games here on the schedule, and I think we're going to see if this team's for real or not. Yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. And I like what you just said. Is this We're going to tell if this team's for real or not. Because right now, I think there's a lot of people would say, well, the Saints are a playoff team. I mean, they beat some really good teams. They beat the Packers. Uh, they've played very well. Jameis has added another dimension to the offense. I think that they're still looking for a little bit of a running mate with Alvin Kamara. And I also think that just having Traquan and, and Michael Thomas back is going to help Alvin Kamara in the run game oh, yeah. as well. Um, they're looking for a tight end to step up. Whether that's Troutman, whether that's Jawan Johnson, somebody's trying to. It's Taysom up. Hill. <laughs> a Taysom Hill, whoever, whoever you want it to be, um, but I think they're sitting in a good spot at three and two. I think as you look ahead into the schedule, like you said, there are a lot of winnable games. Um, I don't see the Saints at this point, barring something crazy or a crazy injury, uh, with Tampa Bay. I don't see them winning the division, but I could certainly see them making the playoffs and I think this is a playoff caliber team especially with the way that the roster is wired uh you made a great point with Bradley Roby just sitting in the wings when the Saints traded for him I think everybody assumed okay he's going to be the number two corner uh he's going to give Adebo some time to develop and do this and do that where it's really just been the opposite Adebo stole the starting job from Roby any good offensive football team in the league has three talented receivers. You're going to need Roby down the stretch, (laughs) but the fact that you're not seeing him come in and be that dominant force across uh, from Marshawn, I think surprises a lot of people. And that just shows how good and how, uh, how well this team was put together by Mickey Loomis and uh, the front office staff. So as you said, you got to tip your caps to them. Uh, Before we move forward though, we are going to take a quick little break. You're listening to the Hoodat Discussion Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right, guys, welcome back to the Hudak discussion. We were just talking about the New Orleans Saints through five weeks. We we're both in agreement that, listen, three and two, not that bad of a shape. And if I'm not mistaken, 2020, a year where the Saints, if they get past the Bucks in the divisional round, which they probably should have, you even got guys on the Bucks saying, well, they would have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Saints were three and two last year, too. Were they? I think people forget that. Were they actually? Huh. Saints were three and two, and the numbers <laughs> between Jameis and Drew were very oh, similar. Oh, right. Right. They lost very the similar. Right. I remember. Yeah, you're right. So Th- that was, yeah, that was, that was the beginning. <laughs> I, I think they lost those two games to Vegas. I think, and Green I think Bay. the Saints are in a good spot. Yeah. And the, the season's even longer now. And that's the one thing that I think f- fans forget very quickly. Because listen, all fans, I've been a fan. That's why I'm in a position doing a podcast and writing uh, about its team for Sports Illustrated. I'm a little fortunate. Actually, I'm very fortunate to be able to say that I cover a team that I grew up watching and grew up rooting for. Now, not everybody gets that opportunity. But I've lived the life of a fan where it's overreaction Monday, every Monday. You live and die every week. But it's really easy to forget. It's a long season full of roller coasters and ups and downs. And through five weeks, I would argue that the Saints have experienced as much of a roller coaster as some teams face in an entire 16, now 17 game schedule. The Saints have been through a lot as a team. We mentioned uh, the resiliency, the adversity that they've faced. And now all of a sudden you got some reinforcements coming back. So let's talk about those reinforcements coming back. I think the biggest news, and most of you listeners are well aware of this before it even comes out of my mouth, Michael Thomas is not expected to be ready for another probably two weeks. Uh, So past that Halloween matchup against Tampa Bay. So – After that, you could start looking to see Michael Thomas again, but he's not quite ready yet, which makes it even more infuriating and more frustrating that he didn't get the surgery quicker. Uh, But there are two sides to every story. And from what I understand is he believed and the Saints doctors believed he was going to be able to rehab it without surgery. Uh, Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And guess what? Sometimes that happens. I've never experienced an injury to that degree, but I know from injuries I've picked up in time, whether it's athletic, whether it's just because I'm clumsy and I fell (laughs) or something. uh, Sometimes you're stubborn and growing up in a household where I had a nurse mother who just said, shake it off. You'll be fine. There were definitely days where you go like two or three weeks and you're like, Oh, it's going to be fine. And then you realize, you know what? I broke my ankle (laughs) and I actually have a real life story about that, but we will save that for another time. So my mom doesn't kill me. (laughs) I can hear it now. Brendan, I cannot believe you told that story on your podcast to all those listeners. Yeah, mom, I know. I know. Long story short, I broke my ankle. My mom just said, suck it up. And after, after about like a day or two, she looked at my ankle. It was about the size of a softball. And she's like, no, I think, I think we should take you. I think we should take you to get that checked out. But her excuse was, it's my day off. I don't want to go to the hospital. So <laughs> she thought I could just brush it off. Nonetheless. Um, sometimes it happens. Sometimes you try to rehab something and it just doesn't work out. 
and then you had to go get surgery. Um, so no Michael Thomas for another two weeks, but the Saints getting four guys back from injured reserve. What a boost that will be. <laughs> yeah, and, and when you're designated to come back from IR, and this is important to explain because not everybody understands this, when you are designated to come off of injured reserve, this the team, in this case the Saints, have 21 days or three weeks to activate you to the active roster. Now, these are the four players that are designated to return from injured reserve. One, we mentioned earlier, kicker Will Lutz. Man, do they need that. Thank God. They need that <laughs> Because the kicking carousel has been, it's been tough. It's like I said earlier, it's it's reminding me of the mid 2010s where it was a new kicker every week. It was and it's a, going to the bathroom during kicks. It was, it was, he's on it was, the attic. It was very literally, very literally the Simpsons meme. Walking through the door, putting your hat, yeah. walking out. That was very literally the Saints kicker, uh, kickers for a while there. Uh, the second guy coming back uh, from IR, Quan Alexander, set to come back from injured reserve. Now, here's the thing: is Pete Warner's played so good? You're just like, I don't know what the, you know. Quan can take as long as he needs, um, but Quan was incredible, and the fact that it was only like seven or eight months from an Achilles tear, um, one play against Green Bay, he. He had to go across the field through a crossing route that was essentially designed to pick him, and he had to go get Aaron Jones, and he prevented Aaron Jones from picking up a first down on that play. I mean, the fact that he could do that uh, less than a year removed, less than 10 months removed from what many people argue is the worst injury in sports that you can that you can suffer, that, that was pretty remarkable. So. That's number two. Uh, number three, another guy on the defensive side of the ball is Marcus Davenport, um, ready to come back. I feel bad for the guy because he's had an injury-riddled start to his NFL career, but we've also seen glimpses of how good he can be. Uh, and you get to pair that with Cameron Jordan, Peyton Turner. A lot they of people are so excited about him. Yeah. And you need, you need something from the pass rush because it hasn't been good um, in terms of compiling those sack numbers. Saints at the bottom of the league in terms of sacks. So uh, whether it's Davenport coming through in that sacks, whether it's opening it up for Peyton Turner or Cameron Jordan, I mean, obviously any, any body is going also, to help. David Onyemata is going to help that too when he returns. Being able, because it's, I, I think really that's the one area, you know, the defensive line where you, especially on that defense where you really like, you know, if we're going to improve something on that defense, it would be there. And that's going to be area, I think, as, you know, the, the season goes on, you're going to need your defensive line to play well against the run they've been good but especially against getting those sack numbers just hasn't been there and that's something i do think will get better just because i like i think davenport's going to help that even if he's not getting sacks he can get pressures he had a great week one so maybe you're going to see him finally you know splash onto the scene and i think we've been waiting for it for what four years now it's been i mean it's crazy i mean i remember when he was drafted i mean it feels like yesterday but it's been you know four years since he's been you know, with the Saints, you're kind of waiting to be, he's, you know, no excuses. He's the guy. So, I mean, having him back and then David Onyemata, who at this point, you may want to call the Saints best pass rusher and him getting him back would be big too. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think those are going to be just, I mean, having those guys back, the energy, I think around the team is going to go up because it feels like they were just inching to the bye for these last few weeks. Like just, just get to the bye. Let's just, you know, win a few games, come in three and two, we'll be in good shape. 
then after the bylaws hit the ground running and really hit it on all cylinders and it kind of looks like you know we're going to see it, how, how they look in seattle but i think if this team looks like you know has a convincing win against the seahawks nice you know they're able to control the game i mean if you're sitting at four and two going into that bucks game in the bucks i mean you know look they're super bowl champions they, the offenses looked great but that defenses looked flawed i mean you could talk about how a lot of teams in the nfc you know have looked flawed so i mean this that game is going to mean a lot i think that this same season still the question mark i don't think they've 100 percent have their identity that we're going to probably see in december i think the, the identity is probably going to be defense first but i don't think it's completely fleshed out yet it, it's going to be interesting to see because i think yeah i'm pretty positive about this team just i mean you know when, when you're looking at some other teams you know whether you, this whole nfc picture you know you're not going to have the seahawks in it which are always they're kind of in it always i mean the scene's Green Bay doesn't look, I don't think, as good as they were. Still a very good team. Saints beat them 38-3, to so that's something you have to look at. I mean, when you go from there, I think the Rams are one of those teams where, you know, they're a very, very solid team. I think Dallas could be, could not. I think they looked really good, but, you know, is this team in for the long haul? I mean, the NFC, to me, still looks up for grabs, whereas the AFC, I think, is, you know, you have the Bills playing really good. I mean, the Chiefs still haven't played as good, but I think they're a great team. Like, I, I think the NFC is more up for grabs. And I think for the Saints, I, I'm just very interested to see how this style of play translates to the playoffs and or deeper in the season or when, you know, meaningful games happen. That, that's the thing I'm most interested in because it's a completely different style of play than even we saw last year, in my opinion. Uh, just this defense first, grind it out type games. And in this, you know, this era of the NFL, it's definitely something that, you know, we've seen the big passers and all that stuff. So I wonder how this plays in the postseason or, you know, deep into the playoffs and the longevity of this team, I think is going to be so fascinating to see because we're so used to Drew Brees just tossing it down the field, offense being so good, having an offensive player of the year like Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara running it, you know, so I'm kind of interested to see how this team, you know, obviously plays right after the bye because you want to see if they are for real and they're going to be a playoff team. But from there, even if they're getting in as a wild card, is this team to build to win in the playoffs, even if it's one game, to just show that, this team, this core is built to win in the playoffs post Drew Brees. I think it's going to be so interesting to see. I'm with you. I, I think all the way back to the point that you made with David Onyemata. Uh, remember, he's not eligible to come back until after yeah. the Seattle game. Yeah. Uh, so you're looking at him being able to come back and play uh, on Halloween against Tampa Bay. But it, it's going to be so important to have a guy like that. I mean, he earned every penny of his extension last season. And that's a great point. I think a lot of people look at Onyemata as being that run stuffer. Uh, a guy that can certainly pressure the quarterback, but it's so easy to forget when you have a dominant force like that in the middle, it's going to open it up for the guys on the outside to get to the quarterback. Um, one last guy that was designated to come back from injured reserve uh, was Traquan Smith, who we've talked about. We've talked about how important it is to get those receivers back and how it's going to change the dynamic uh, of the Saints offense for multiple reasons and for multiple people, Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara. It's going to change for everybody to have a guy like Traquan there. And even, even if he does come back uh, against Seattle and he's able to play on a snap count, it's going to help to have a guy like Traquan Smith, uh, a guy who can, you know, put the burners on, get downfield, a guy who has shown he's fearless across the middle of the field, man, he's taken some big hits over the years, going to get in the ball over the middle of the field. He's just going to add another layer Obviously, Michael Thomas is going to add multiple layers to a Saints offense, but having Traquan there, um, especially when this team's got beat up at receiver, I mean, look, look against Washington. 
Deontay Harris plays like two offensive snaps and that's it. And then you get really thin um, at receiver. So to be able to have a guy like Traquan back is going to be huge. But those are your four that were designated to return uh, from IR. Remember Michael Thomas, not on IR. He was on the physically unable to perform list. He could start practicing this week. Uh, And obviously the first injury report won't be out until Thursday because the saints play on Monday. So everything is a day behind. Uh, as it normally would be. So we'll find out a little bit more this week on where some guys are. I would expect Michael Thomas to potentially even be limited in practice or maybe even just off to the side doing his own thing. Um, we'll f- and that's not going to be listed on the injury report. So make sure you check out some of, some of our work with Saints News and John Hendricks will be all over that all week. So will Bob Rose and Kyle T. Mosley. Um, but the Saints have – the potential, I don't even think it's potential. It's not even a good word. I think the Saints will look a lot different over the next, let's do some quick math because it's a, so now a 17 game season. So the next, yeah. uh, next like 12 games, the Saints are going to look entirely different over these last 12 than they did those first five. Oh yeah. And that's just because of how healthy they're going to be able to, to get. And, and there's different dimensions that are going to be added on both sides of the football. Another guy who's coming back, um, Ken Crawley. I know that's, I, I know for, <laughs> that might be a silly name to throw out there, but we just talked about depth at corner. He was going to be the starting cornerback. Like at the beginning of the game. He was going to be, we talked about it. feels like years private. ago. You yeah. and I had talked about it in private. Like, wow. How, how fitting is it? We were so happy for the guy. How fitting is it that this guy who was now he's like the fourth string, the fourth cornerback? Yeah, <laughs> crazy. 2017, like six. I think it was 2016. He's undrafted out of Colorado and plays well in that 2016 and then season. Yeah, earns the starting spot in 17 and played really well, <laughs> and then really struggled in 18. The Saints go get Eli Apple. And then, you know, the 18 team should have won the Super Bowl. Different story for a different day. We've talked about that plenty of times. But then Eli Apple struggles. They go get Janoris. And somewhere in there, Ken Crawley joins Miami. Like a hot second. (laughs) Comes back in 2020 to New Orleans. uh, Has an interception against Carolina. Yeah, in that week of the season. Great play. (laughs) And he's wearing a completely different number. And it's just weird. But then he... uh, Nonetheless, he comes back. He's supposed to be the starting number two corner. And then all everything else happens. He got hurt. The Debo played well. They traded for Bradley Roby, what have you. But we just talked about how important corner depth is, especially against some of these teams in the league, right? We're talking about Tampa, who is really good. And I think a lot of people really forgot about Antonio Brown really quickly. <laughs> but that man booming uh, yeah. per usual. Uh, he, I think he's got the most receiving touchdowns in the league since he entered the league. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people forget about that. Even he might not be the same Antonio Brown, but he, he brings something to that offense. Right. And then you look at a team like Kansas city who's struggling, but you know, they're going to turn it around. Yeah. You know, as well as I do, that's a team you're going to have to watch out for. Lamar Jackson is tossing the ball better than he has his entire career. It's a team you're going to have to have corners against and what have you down the stretch. I mean, I know those were two. Dallas, those I mean, talk about Dallas, Dallas, talk about, I mean, you're going to need corners in, in this league, in this pass happy league and the way the air raid works. You're going to, and I, I think the Saints have it and the Saints match up so well against the Bucs. That's why I know 
that people are going to pay the bucks in that game. And I know people, I mean, look, the bucks are the Super Bowl champions. They beat the saints in the playoffs. So I get it, but I do think the saints are built to beat the bucks when they're fully healthy in place. Even now, I mean, look, obviously the pieces on offense aren't there, but this defense, I mean, you got the safeties that can roam the field and are playing. I mean, this is the best Saint, Saint safety group I think you have in quite some time. So, I mean, get Marcus Williams his money. He needs to stay on this team long term. Been saying this for a while, but yes, he is one of those guys I think everyone wants to keep. Lattimore's playing. I mean, outside of that Giants game, he's playing his best football uh, of his career, really. Um, I mean, you could if talk it about wasn't for, if it wasn't for Diggs with Dallas, you could really put Lattimore yeah. in the conversation for uh, def- maybe even defensive player of the year. Um, yeah, he's he's, he's played certainly so well. a top three corner in the league right now. He's probably the best corner in the league. I know Diggs gets a lot of attention with the interceptions, but and I know you're an analytics guy. You're a <laughs> tape guy over there. You take some of those interceptions away, and Diggs gets burnt. He's an all-or-nothing type guy, but he's also a rookie. I mean, Lattimore is not – he's a guy – He's. I mean, you know, it's crazy to say, but he's almost – I mean, he's a veteran in this league. I mean, he's got his second contract, got his money. He's a guy that's going to go up against your best receiver, and – up to this point, he's locked them down. And that's what I think the Saints should do going forward. And I, I, honestly, I think he just works better. He's like, I'm going to shut you down. Not playing sides of the field where he has to worry about different guys, but just playing a team's best uh, wide receiver. And I bet him and Mike Evans are going to go up against it. I bet him and DK Metcalf are going to go up against it in these next two games. And I think he's going to be, you know, very, very solid. I think the secondary is built very well. And give Dennis Allen a ton of credit the way he's turned around this defense. I think the linebackers fly everywhere. I think when Kwan comes back, and I think that's another thing of the Saints missing Kwan in that playoff game. A lot of people don't talk about in that Bucks game. To have that speed, I think, is going to be so important when you're playing a team like the Bucks. And, you know, with all they do, having that speed is so, so helpful. Demario Davis, obviously, you know, he's going to be there. He's going to be one of the best linebackers in the league. And then up front, if you can just get some pressure on Brady, I think it's going to be important to do that. But if you can do that, I think the Saints are built to beat the Bucks and and that's something that maybe they won't do it. Maybe they'll I like I, I think they'll probably end up splitting them. But I I think this team, you know, it, it is the Saints are right there. I think. I mean, yeah. So they have the names. The only thing I say right now is the injuries. But look, I mean, we're, we're going to see probably once Michael Thomas comes back. I think they're going to be a, a com- very competitive team. And I think it's going to be maybe a few throws here and there by Jameis Winston to see if he can make the big ones. And I think that's something, you know, I, I don't think you can fully see yet just by, um, you know, what he's what, what he's done so far. So I think those, you know, this team is going to be very, very interesting to look at. And it's definitely something that um, is going to be, you know, as we see in these next few weeks, time's going to tell. Well, that's an interesting point because – the Bucks did something that a lot of teams haven't been able to do, and that's shut down Alvin Kamara. They've been able to really focus in on because they got the linebackers. Because they got they the yeah. linebackers to do so. But what was missing in that game? A healthy the Michael Thomas to push the ball down the field. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, Michael Thomas was very absent in in the playoff game. But the ability to push the ball downfield. If Winston can step up and make some of the those throws, get comfortable, not just against the Bucks, but against the rest of the competition he has this season it's not going to open it up for alvin Kamara. it's going to open up for trey Quan. it's going to open up for mike thomas it's going to open up for adam troutman there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be able to to happen uh, for the saints to be a good team like i said i'm not ready to say well the saints are going to be a you know the saints are going to be the nfc championship game no. or what whatever but i think it's safe to say the saints have the potential and they certainly have the talent on this roster to be a playoff caliber football team 
Now, with all that being said, I think we've talked plenty about the Saints in their first five games, some guys coming back from IR, how those guys are going to affect the Saints moving forward. But I do want to ask you, as now someone from the outside looking in before I let you go, when you look at this Saints team, you look how they're built, you look at the adversity that we mentioned through the entire um, first five weeks, now six weeks of the season, if you had to make a bold prediction or you had to come out and give your record prediction for the next 12 weeks, how do you see the Saints ending the season? And do you think this is a team that will make the playoffs from what you've seen thus far? I think this is a playoff team. Just looking, look, I mean, you know, I mean, the Giants, I mean, you could see the two, the two, you know, opposites there and the two, two different sides between these two teams and, um, kind of the, the situations, I think, when you could really look at it. But I, I think this team's a playoff team right now. I, I, I definitely think that whether they're a 10 or 11 win team, so what, what would that put them at? Eight and four, seven and five, they'll probably be right around there. They have a lot of winnable games on the schedule. I mean, you just look at it, you're playing the Jets, you play the Dolphins, you're going to obviously, I, I think they're going to beat the Panthers again. They play Atlanta twice, you play Philly, which should be a win. I mean, you play a lot of winnable games. Yes, you play the Bucks twice. I think those are going to be important, going to be challenges. The da- Dallas at home is going to be a challenge. Buffalo at home is going to be a challenge. But they're home games, so you're hoping maybe you split those. And I kind of feel like this is a team that ends up seven and five, eight and four, which puts them kind of right there in that eleven win. I think eleven wins easily gets you in division. I mean, it's going to be I think close. I mean, I think it's going to probably come down to those two Tampa Bay games. So. I mean, I, I, I think they'll end up splitting them. So I don't know if it's going to be enough. Maybe they're, you know, right on the outside looking in. But then they're a sixth seed. I think this team's built to win on the road in the playoffs just because the nature of the defense. Will they? I mean, it's really got to be seen. I, I don't think we've seen enough from any team so far to say if they're going to be like a, you know, deep playoff contender. I, I think we'll see how the season evolves. But th- this team is good, and this team does the fundamentals well, which is something a lot of teams don't. And just by watching kind of around the whole league, not just, you know, one specific team, I just think that the Saints are really well coached, you know, when it comes down to fundamentals and that type of stuff, winning at the line of scrimmage, controlling the line of scrimmage, that wins you football games inherently. You know, you you can have, you know, no one on the outside like the Saints have had and, you know, not a lot of talent, but if you're good in the interior, you're good in the trenches, you're well coached, you make the big plays when necessary, you're going to be good. And, And this Saints team is that. And it's a good way to build your core. And you see a lot of teams around the league building their core in different ways. And it hasn't been as successful as the Saints because the Saints have built the team the right way. And even though they've all this change, they've had this roller coaster season with a lot of outside factors. They still set it three and two because they have a really solid core on the field and also in the locker room. So you give a lot of credit to the roster construction by Mickey Loomis and Sean Payne, because I, I do think this team's a playoff team and, I mean, we'll see how they evolve going forward, see if this team could do more. Well, guys, that's Andrew Galata. You guys know him. Uh, I can't even say the former host of the Who Dash discussion, but the the normal host, uh, <laughs> for me, the interim host uh, for the season. Andrew, we always appreciate your insight. Uh, for the people that are a little bit newer here, where can they find you on the World Wide Web? Yeah, on Twitter, you can follow me at Andrew Colada. So just my name and you can follow everything I'm doing there, whether it be, um, you know, Giants, whether it be college football, um, you know, with, with, with Fordham football, which school I go to. So I've been covering their team, um, you know, broadcasting their games as co- color 
analyst. So that's been a lot of fun too. So whatever stuff I'm doing on there, you can definitely find on my Twitter. And for myself, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at BT Boylan, B-T-B-O-Y-L-A-N. You can follow all of my other Saints work with the Saints News Network over at si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Saints. And Andrew, you've been doing a lot of good stuff up there in the New York area, uh, certainly making us proud uh, for not just covering the Giants, but also getting your foot in the door. I know you called uh, Division One Power 5 football. Yeah. Let's call a game against Nebraska, which is something I've never been able to do. I've never called a Power 5 game. I've called some ranked games in the FCS, but uh, to call a Power 5 game is is pretty neat. So we're proud of you uh, for all that you're doing. Can't wait to potentially get you back here on the podcast full time. Um, but I know there's some other factors that, that are in place right now. They're kind of halting that. That's why I'm here. Uh, but we love having you uh, bi-weekly to talk about the team. Uh, the New Orleans Saints have a lot going for them over the next couple of weeks. Lots of guys returning. Uh, and then you finally get to see the Saints on national television, which I know a lot of people, especially last year, it seemed like the Saints were on national television every other week. Saints make their national television debut in 2021. Uh, they get to do that Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks. So we will have another preview for you, previewing the Seattle Seahawks, some uh, X factors, some keys to victory in that game. That's going to be coming up later in the week. Expect that on Saturday uh, for all of you loyal listeners that have those notifications on. Expect that sometime on Saturday. That's Andrew Galata. I'm Brendan Boylan. As always, find your peace, spread love, practice positivity, and we will see you on the next edition of the Who Dat Discussion podcast.